Lord, we do raise a hallelujah to you this morning. We worship you in this place. And Lord, we pray over these next few moments together that you would speak to us and encourage us this morning from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can take a seat this morning. A huge happy Mother's Day to all the mums this morning. We honor you and we appreciate you and everything that you bring to this place. And um, I wanted to honor Kathy Koopman this morning, an incredible mum in this house. And um, Kathy did the most mum thing today. Um, our daughter, Georgia, who's five, had her toy bunny this morning that she was running around with before the service, and somehow her toy bunny decapitated. And um, Kathy saw it and she was crying and Kathy sewed the head back on the bunny. I thought, could there be a more mother's thing to do on Mother's Day than that? But more than that, the way that you bring such encouragement to the people that are around you and I think healing through the way that you speak and, um, and bring faith into people's life and encouragement, I just think it's such a blessing to so many people in this church and so Kathy, we honour you and we thank you for what you bring to this place and this church and I know that today um, can be a difficult day for people as well and I want to acknowledge that for people that, uh, for, for whatever reason, there could be a multitude of reasons that today is a difficult day for you on Mother's Day. Uh, but we want to say thank you for your courage for being here uh, or joining us online and just being here today to celebrate. And uh, we do want to say, hey, collectively, things sometimes don't go right all the time and sometimes there are difficult moments and messy moments in life and that's part of the story of our lives. But you're part of a family where there are so many different mums that love you and care for you and that you can be part of this together. And so together, we're honouring mums and to be honest, we're honouring womanhood in general today and saying, hey, how different would church be if it was just the guys? <laughs> it would be very worrying uh, what church would be like on Sundays. And so all the girls, actually, could you all stand up if you're a lady in this place this morning? And we want to put our hands together for you. And we want to honor you and say thank you for all that you bring to this church, to this place. Come on, give them a real hand, guys. Come on. Fantastic. You can take a seat this morning. Where would we be without the women in this place? And so I've entitled the message today, What Women Want. <laughs> not really, I'm not that brave. I'm not that brave to do that. And, and to be honest, I don't know whether I have the time to be able to uh, articulate that today, this morning as well. Uh, I'm not as qualified. I might have to invite Tim Campbell to come up and share to us what, that, what the answer to that question is this morning. But I do know this, in Scripture, there is such a value that's placed on women. In fact, it was a woman that was sent to Adam when he was lonely. It was a woman that gave birth to the Savior Jesus. It was a woman that influenced the first miracle that Jesus did. His mother, his mother telling him to turn the water into wine. It was a group of women, women who didn't desert Jesus at the cross, as noted in Scripture. And it was women that were entrusted with the greatest news that the world has ever known to take the message that Jesus had risen to the world. And so you can see through Scripture, there is a high emphasis on women and they're elevated even in a culture that oftentimes brought women down. Jesus actually elevated and lifted women up. And I think women of faith have changed the world. 
You know, one of the first speaking invitations I ever got, could you believe this, as an, I think it was 19 years old, I got invited to our local Anglican church for a women's prayer breakfast to come and bring the message. And I thought, why are you inviting me, uh, a 19-year-old guy, to come and speak to you at an Anglican church uh, about and give you some encouragement for 20 minutes? But I think that's the nature of women, huh? isn't it? That they want to elevate, they want to lift, they want to encourage, they're selfless, they serve, and they put encouragement into the people that are around them. And I think we are blessed in this church to have so many incredible women that bring that to our church, and we wouldn't be the same without you. And so this morning, I actually want to speak on a message entitled, Faith in Seasons of Uncertainty. Faith in Seasons of Uncertainty. Now, whether you're in a season like that now, or whether in some point you will be in that season, because we all will, there are times in our lives where we face uncertainty, when we're in the middle between what we are believing for and what's actually taking place in our life. And that gap in the middle is a sense of uncertainty, whether you're waiting for a medical report, whether there is a relationship breakdown with someone that you love. Whatever is going on in your life, there are seasons of uncertainty. There are seasons where faith, we do it not because it feels good, but we do it because we are stubbornly believing God and His promises, even though the facts around us tell us a different story. And there are seasons like that in our life where we need to live in faith in the midst of uncertainty. And the women at the tomb are a great example this morning of people that lived in faith even in the midst of a crazy period of time of uncertainty for the disciples, uncertainty for the followers of Jesus Christ as He died on that cross and they were waiting for the resurrection. There was an air of uncertainty around God's people. But yet the women in that moment had so much incredible faith. And we're going to tell a story of that this morning. But I love in Romans 8 verse 28, in the Amplified Version, it says this, And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, and to those who are called according to His plan and to His purpose. See, faith acknowledges God has a plan, even when we can't see it. Faith trusts God to know what He's doing, even when we don't know what is happening. Faith believes and sees that God is in control when everything around our life feels out of control. When there is uncertainty, what does the Bible tell us to do? The Bible instructs us to walk or to live by faith. Seeing, believing, trusting that God is moving and working even when the natural realm doesn't show us the things that we want to see in that moment that would give us confidence. We place our confidence in God above the season. And I think it's incredible to see people of faith that worship God while they're waiting, that trust God when the miracle still hasn't happened, that believe God and that walk in faith when the facts around them want to speak a different message. That is when faith really steps into gear. And I want to honor people in our church that are going through difficult seasons right now, but you've chosen to live in a default of faith, not a default of doubt and fear. 
And that takes effort, and that takes strength, and that takes trust in God. And we want to be a church that trusts God in every season, even in the seasons of uncertainty. Have you noticed, I don't know, as a parent, when you're trying to change a toddler's nappy, neither the the toddler is enjoying it, or the parent is enjoying it. I mean, it's just a no-win for anybody. Nobody likes it. It's not fun for you changing the nappy and, and, and the surprises that can sometimes be found in that nappy. And it's no fun for the child who is wriggling around trying to make it the hardest task possible for you to be able to change the nappy. And I think what's happening in that place is the child is not understanding what's taking place. And so they're frustrated and they wiggle around and they fight against it. And I was thinking about how we do that at times with God. Because we don't understand why things are happening the way they're happening at times, we can fight against it, we can rally against it, we can allow frustration and disappointment to guide our words and the way that we act and the way that we respond in our emotions. And oftentimes it's because we don't understand. And I guess what faith is saying is saying, listen, I, I, I lay down my need to understand. And I just put my trust in you, God, because I know that you have my best interests in mind. I know that you have a purpose that you're working out in my life. And so this morning, we're going to look at this story of the women at the tomb and look at some things here that we can do. Three things that you can do in a season of uncertainty. And so Luke chapter 23, verse 55. You know, there's a lot of things that feels like you can't do when there's a season of uncertainty. But here in this passage, it shows us some things that we actually can do in those times. And so Luke 23, verse 55 says this, speaking about Jesus's body, it says, as his body was taken away after the crucifixion, the women from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was placed. Then they went home and prepared spices anointments to anoint his body, which this is a significant moment that the women went and did this because this really dispels the argument that people have had to try to um, outlay for, for many years that Jesus didn't really die, that he didn't, it didn't really happen. Well, why were they preparing the ointments? Why were they preparing to anoint his body if he hadn't died? And it goes on to say, but by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun. So they rested as required by the law. Then it goes on to Luke 24, verse 1, and it says, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to his 11 disciples and everyone else um, and, and, and everybody else, and they told them what had happened. Verse 10 says, It was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. This is such a men thing to do. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. 
This is how I know this story is true, because that's a, an absolute thing that men would do. And, and secondly, why would you include that in the story if you were trying to make up some kind of corroborated, um, made-up story about this? Why would you include the story where you didn't believe it? And so, both of those things. Verse 12 says, however, Peter jumped up. Peter was going to go for it. Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and he saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. He should have listened to the women because they would have told him what had happened, but he wasn't uh, into that situation. He wasn't understanding what was going on. And so this morning, we're going to look at three things you can do in a season of uncertainty. And the first one's this. Number one, serve instead of sulk. So we see in this passage that the women had made a decision, even with Jesus' death, to make a decision to serve Him to be able to get the anointment oil, the spices, and to prepare to be able to anoint his body. Whilst the disciples and the men were hiding, the women were serving. In fact, it says in John 20 about the men, it says that that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked, closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They were sulking. They were afraid. They were terrified that the Savior that they had been following Jesus had died and that everything that they thought that they believed hadn't happened and they were living in this gap of uncertainty, not understanding what was going on. But yet here were the women, even in that moment, serving Jesus. They'd made a decision to serve Him even in death. And I think about that moment for us that we all have that challenge in our lives. There are times in our life of grief. There are times in our life of pain. And I don't want to minimize that. And there are times when it's difficult to serve. It's difficult to be able to push through it. And there's challenging moments. But there's a difference between that and just sulking. And staying in that place. And and staying in a place where we are trapped underneath the weight of those things. Instead of saying, hey, listen, I made a decision to follow Jesus. I've made a decision to serve Him. You know, the Bible says to serve the Lord with gladness. To serve God with gladness. I love in Jeremiah 17 verse 7, it says, Blessed with spiritual security is the man or woman who believes and trusts in and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confident expectation is in the Lord. For he will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters that spreads at its roots by the river and will not fear the heat when it comes. But its leaves will be green and moist and it will not be anxious and concerned in a year of drought, nor stop bearing fruit. That's the kind of faith I want to have, where I am continuing to hold on to God, to trust God, to continue to believe God and allow Him to work in my life. I think that's one of the great things that I love about mums, is they're always preparing their children. They're always preparing them. They're getting them ready for school. I watch this happen with Amy all the time. Amy's explaining what's going to happen that day. She's telling them what's going to happen the next day. She's telling them what's going to go on on the weekend. She's preparing them for all the things that are going to go on in her world, uh, in the kids' world. And she's making sure they feel prepared and they're ready for it. And I feel like that's what faith does. Faith prepares us for the seasons ahead. Faith gets us prepared. As we get into the Word of God, it prepares us for the challenges that are ahead of us. As we continue to serve God, even when we don't understand what's going on, instead of sulking, but we continue to serve God, and it, it continues to, shart, uh, to, to, to give us a pathway forward. It opens up the way for us to be able to step through. 
It opens up the way for us to be able to walk into our destiny. In fact, in this story here, it was actually their serving that actually led to them finding the empty tomb. If they were sulking at home and in this locked up room like the other disciples, no one would have discovered that Jesus was actually risen. And I think about that in in our lives. Isn't it so true that our serving opens doors to our purpose? As we serve God, it opens doors to our destiny. As we serve God, it opens doors to opportunities. As we serve God, it opens up locked doors. And I think about for all of us, we have that challenge in whatever season we are in. Even if you're in a season that's difficult right now or a season of uncertainty, can I encourage you this morning? Make a decision to serve Jesus. And I'm not talking about just jumping on a, on a host team or doing something on a Sunday. I'm talking about in life, serving Jesus. Hey, I might not be able to, to do those things on a Sunday in the season that I'm in right now. But hey, what about this? What about if serving God looked like finding somebody that I could send a text message to and encourage them? What if serving God looked like, hey, I know this person that is outside my world is going through a difficult situation right now. Hey, I'm not going to just continue to obsess about what's going on in my life. I'm actually going to find out the needs in their life and I want them to know that I'm praying for them. And I'm going to encourage them and say, hey, listen, this week, every day of the week, I'm going to pray for you. I want, to, I want you to know that there is somebody that's praying for you. And we start to think outside of ourselves and how I could serve another person. And it's amazing how when we start to serve others and we start to be selfless, how that does something healing on the inside of us. And in a season of uncertainty, instead of sulking and getting ourselves stuck in that place, what if we found a way to actually serve others and it actually helped us, but it actually helped others at the same time? And that's what I love about the women in this story, that they decided to serve instead of to be able to stay there in their grief and uncertainty. The second thing this morning is remember instead of retreat. What happens in this story is that the uh, angels come up and they say to them, hey, listen, remember what he told you back in Galilee. And then it goes on to say, then they remembered what he had said. Isn't there something so powerful about remembering? The second point is remember instead of retreat. These women at the tomb, they could have just retreated in that moment. They could have been so fearful and afraid of this, these angels that they'd seen. They could have decided to run the other way and just close their ears to the message. But instead, they took a moment to remember. I think it's powerful in a season of uncertainty to remember what God has done to remember His faithfulness, to remember who He is, remember through the seasons how He has carried us through. You know, I think many of you would know the story that my, my mum passed away when I was 11 years old. She had leukemia and uh, she spent a lot of time in St. Vincent's Hospital in Sydney and, uh, and, and really went through a really difficult time over a 12, 18-month period before she passed away. And my mum was somebody that was full of incredible faith. She was the rock in our family. She was uh, the one that would hold the whole family together. And even through her journey and, and her sickness and watching her get more and more unwell through the, through the time that she battled with this cancer, she continued to live in faith. And I remember one particular uh, day that um, St. Vincent's Hospital, we would stay behind it, uh, but there would... There was a lot of crime and all that kind of stuff happening in that area. And I remember 
one day someone, I think it was a drug addict or someone like that, had come up the, 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 the stairs, uh, the evacuation kind of stairs, and, and came up into mum's room during the night and had stolen mum's wedding ring and all these things while she was just laying there in bed, terrified and couldn't do anything. She was strapped up to all these things and, and this person came in and stole the wallet and a few different things. And I remember coming in and seeing her the next day after that had happened. And she, she knew she was dying. She knew she was in a really bad spot. And that was just a horrible thing to happen to somebody that was powerless in that moment. And I, I remember coming in the next day and you would think in that kind of moment, like, and I'm sure that mum was horrified by that, she was shocked by that, she was completely upset by that. But even in that moment, I remember coming in and as she was telling the story, and she was just still saying things like, well, you know what, I've got so much to be thankful for. I've got a great family, and I've, I've got great people that are around me, and I'm just so blessed. And I, I remember, I was mad, even as in a 10, 11-year-old, I was, I was so furious about what had happened. But her attitude kind of shocked the room. And I thought, when we look back and we remember, when we are thankful for what God has given us, when we take a moment to remember God's faithfulness, even in the midst of some crazy things that are going on in our life, isn't it powerful how that can change our perspective? And I think for all of us, what a challenge to be the kind of people that say, you know what, I'm not going to just keep focusing on the problems in front of me and the things that have gone wrong to me, but actually I'm going to take a moment in a season of uncertainty. I'm going to look back and say, hey God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness in my life. Thank you for the things that you are doing, which are beyond what I could conjure up on my own. God, thank you that I've got breath. Thank you that you brought me onto this earth. And we just take a moment and start being thankful. And that just changes the story. It changes the whole story of our lives. I remember just this week, I was getting frustrated about cost of living. And I was getting frustrated about all these things. I was thinking about our church family. I'm thinking, oh, it's so frustrating for them. Uh, I was getting annoyed. I'm, I'm thinking, church is affected by cost of living just like you. It's, all these things are happening. And I was just getting really frustrated about it. And then I just, I just took a moment. And I just started to think about how God has been so faithful to this church over 40 years. And I just started to think about where we've come from and where we are now and all the lives that have been impacted and God's provision and His faithfulness. And I just started thanking God for it. And as I started to do that, you know what? All those concerns and worries felt so small. They felt so insignificant. And I think, isn't that powerful to be able to take a moment and remember what God has done? I love what it says in Psalm 46 verse 10. It says, Be still and know that I am God. There's something powerful about that, to be still, to know that I am God. Looking back at God's faithfulness gives life perspective. And third and finally this morning, maybe as the the team want to make their way up, run with good news instead of remain with gloom. Luke 29 verse 9 says, So they rushed back from the tomb to tell His 11 disciples, and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary, the mother of James, and, the, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. I love these women in this story that they ran with good news. 
They didn't stay with gloom and stay um, frustrated and upset in this season of uncertainty. No, they took the good news and they ran with it. You know, this world is obsessed with bad news. I don't know whether you've noticed that. People make a living off bad news. People get their clicks on all of the news stories because of the bad news headlines. Do you know in the day and age that we live, we have professionals that are employed to lip-read what celebrities are saying, what the royal family is saying to one another, to try and get a story of bad news. Could you imagine living your life with somebody trying to lip-read everything that you said? Alan Douglas, could you imagine that? (laughs) Someone trying to find something that you would say so that it could be a headline and so people could hear about the, the bad thing that you said in a conversation, in a private conversation. I think to myself, how crazy is our world that it's so obsessed with the bad? And how much more do we look like salt and light when we bring a different perspective? How much more... Do we shine like Jesus wants us to shine when, in a world of bad news, we walk around with the good news, which is the gospel. We walk around with the message of Jesus Christ. We walk around with joy and hope and peace. We walk around carrying this message, even in times where in our lives, uncertainty makes us feel like, gee, I'm crushed by the burdens right now. Do you know what? Your message speaks even louder when you're in a season of uncertainty. You know, I've seen people in our church that have stood with their hands lifted, worshiping Jesus after losing a loved one the week before. And it's like, that hits different. This isn't just, oh, I just come up here and I do this out of routine. This means something to them. That's faith in uncertainty. I've seen people in our church that have gone through cruel things that have been unfair but have yet decided to stand in faith and to trust God. I've seen people that have for many years prayed for a miracle and it hasn't happened, but they still choose to stand in faith and continue to pray. That hits different. I think that's so powerful in a season of uncertainty to stand in faith, to trust God, to believe for Him to do the miracles, to take the good news, to bring a different spirit when this world wants us to be consumed by the negative. I love Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands, guards over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. That's the kind of peace I want to live with. That kind of peace where, hey, the circumstances haven't necessarily changed, but even in the uncertainty, I still stand in faith. I still trust Jesus. I still believe for Him to be working, even when I don't understand what's happening. That's the kind of faith that I want to live with. That's the kind of people we want to be as people of faith, to trust God, even in moments of uncertainty. So as we close this morning,
Romans 8.28. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to His plan and to His purpose. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's serve God in a season of uncertainty. Let's remember what God has done. And let's run with good news, even when it would be really easy to have on our lips the negative and the bad news and the problems. Let's be people that speak above the problems and tell those problems their place in our life. They have no authority under the name of Jesus. And so this morning, let me pray for you. I want to pray for faith to rise up, for you to be strengthened in God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for every single person in this place. Lord, we come today in faith. And I know that there's many in this place, Lord, that are in a season of uncertainty. But Lord, you're in them with it. Just like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were in that fire. God, you were in there with them. And Lord, this morning I pray for every person that feels frustrated, for every person that feels like they don't know what's going to happen, that there is an air of uncertainty around them. God, I pray that they, this morning would be reminded that you are with them, that faith would rise up, that you would strengthen them, that your peace, Lord God, would, would move amongst their life. This peace that surpasses all understanding, that hope would fill their hearts again, Lord Jesus. There would be people of faith in a season of uncertainty, God. That we'd be thankful in a season of uncertainty. God, that we would praise you. Lord, even when we haven't seen the outcome, God, we would lift you up. We would honor you, Lord, in all seasons. Let us be a church that flourishes no matter the season because our roots are in you, Jesus, and our strength is in you. I pray, fill people again with faith and strength and confidence, I pray, as we trust in you. And this morning we say, with all the strength we can muster, God, we trust you. We trust you, Jesus. Even when we don't understand, we trust you, Jesus. And we thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Hey, let's worship Jesus this morning before we close.